1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the August 6th, 2018 edition of the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz radio news show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week, brought to you by the FFPC. I'm Blair Andrews. You can follow me on Twitter at AmITheRealBlair, and my co-host is Hassan Rahim, who you can follow at HRR5010. Hassan, how's it going?
0: It's going great, Blair. We had uh, our first taste of NFL last night. We got to see a bit of the future where... You know, Lamar Jackson threw a touchdown strike to Hayden Hurst, who should be retiring at the end of the season, I believe.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was good to see some actual football. I'm not sure the uh, the football that we saw was necessarily that good. Hopefully, there's even better things to come. But uh, yeah, let, you know, hopefully, we'll discuss some of that on the show with our guest. Uh, joining us today on the show is Todd Burrows. Todd is a writer and podcaster for Fanball and the host of the Run to Daylight podcast, and also a participant in the recent Pros versus Joes draft uh, run by the FFPC. You can find him on Twitter at Todd from PA. Todd, thanks for joining us. How's it going?
2: I'm good, guys. N- nothing more ridiculous than having me on to do funny stuff.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, before we get into it, I want to ask you a bit about the Pros versus Joes draft, and uh, kind of how you go into you know approaching a draft where you're going up against a lot of you know everyone else is an expert.
2: You know it was funny. I I, I didn't over prepare. I've been doing a bunch of FFPC drafts. I, I did very good in the format last year. I I really feel like I understand the format, and I just let the draft come to me. And I was really pleased. I intentionally reached for a couple guys. Other than that, I only got sniped. When you go into a draft with a bunch of experts and the biggest complaint you got is that you got sniped on a kicker, it was a pretty good draft from the perspective of what I was hoping for.
1: Awesome. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, let's just jump right into the news. Item number one, although considered day-to-day, Antonio Brown has left Steelers camp to have an injury evaluated. Adam Schefter reported that Brown is expected to be fine in a few days, and Pro Football Talk reports he's dealing with a strained quad. Um, We're recording on Friday night. Probably by the time this airs, this will be a non-issue, and uh, there's nothing at all to worry about. But Todd, you know, it's worth speculating when you're talking about a player like Antonio Brown. How do you see targets being divided in case he were to miss some time this season?
2: Targets? Well, I, I definitely think that Juju would be, you know, one of the top. 12 wide receivers on the year i'm pretty high on james washington uh stacking with ben in best ball and i think in that case he would have a lot of upside too but you can't replace a guy like antonio brown so um you know i overall the offense just wouldn't be as good uh the other thing that i want to say is you know and i didn't hear anyone talk about this but wasn't it a quad that he hurt or was that a calf that he hurt? Remember he, in the playoffs last year, he got hurt or right before the playoffs and, and, and he hobbled through the playoffs? What was, I, I just wonder if that's the same thing. So that was the only, that would be the only red flag for me uh, on the injury is if it was a repeat of that previous injury. So
0: he actually uh, hurt his calf in week 14, I believe. And he also missed a playoff game as a result. I like your thought here with Juju and James Washington. I wrote up uh, James Washington as the during our NFL draft coverage and noted that he's likely going to slot in as a replacement, direct replacement for Martavis Bryant, because if you don't remember, they traded away Martavis Bryant and then immediately drafted James Washington, which you know kind of makes sense. Have you been uh, taking a little bit of uh, James Washington in uh, MFL 10s and FFPC drafts?
2: Absolutely. Uh, I, I think that James Washington, if you look at his tape and, and I'm new at looking at tape, I, I started doing it a little last year. I did it some more this year. James Washington, to me, looks like Anquan Bolden, but plays like, um, you know, he's, he's just got a great deep game. And if you look at what Bryant, they did with Martavis last year, it was a lot of deep shots. And Martavis, I don't know if it was because he missed the year, uh, but he just didn't look comfortable, and he wasn't coming up with a lot of those plays last year. Uh, I really like James Washington for best ball because I think he's going to have three to five really good, long plays this year, and a couple of them are going to be touchdowns.
1: I've kind of been avoiding Washington I mean, not, you know, not really a very principled stance, but it's just, you know, I'm assuming Antonio Brown is going to be fine and play the whole season, and he's, of course, going to get his targets. And I'm also expecting kind of a a big jump forward. I don't know how big, a jump forward from Juju. Uh, I'm really high on Juju this season. so, And, of course, Le'Veon Bell is going to get his targets too. It seems like there might not be uh, room for Washington to really get enough opportunity to um, really enough volume to to make an impact i'm also a little bit worried about new offensive coordinator they lost todd haley he's with the browns now where i guess they let him go so maybe it wasn't exactly a loss but uh does that worry either one of you
2: well um you know i'm not going crazy on james washington i've got nine percent and typically when i do take him it's when i have ben as the quarterback so for 17th, 18th round, if you get three, you know, I, the way most of the big best ball guys think of it is if you get three big weeks out of your, you know, six, seventh wide receiver, uh, you know, that those spike weeks. Um, so I, I think we'll get that out of Washington. I, I see what you say about the, um, uh, about the volume. I don't expect him to be high volume, but they, they had Bryant on the field a lot and they took the shots. So I think he's going to get enough opportunities to make big plays to where having an even weight to slightly overweight position is a good deal.
0: Yeah, I actually kind of like that because from a best ball perspective, really all you need is like that one long play and he might find his way into your lineup. Otherwise, he's the kind of guy in the dying rounds, uh, you know, round 15 on wherein if you're looking for a wide receiver to round out your core. There's a lot of guys down in that range that I like a lot. Uh, I typically take guys who have the ability to have one play. Like you just need the one play that where they'll probably crack your lineup, like the 60-yard bomb TD that ne- like rarely hits in terms of uh, head-to-head. But in best ball, that's the kind of gold you want from a 17th-round pick, which is where I see Washington go. John Ross is another, uh,
2: and there's a couple of other guys, Mike Wallace being one as well. Well, and then you consider if you stack them with Ben, you get the double. And I know <clears throat> I know you guys have seen what I wrote uh, for Rotoviz last year, uh, a bunch about how spike week quarterbacks, you know, those QBs who give you the 30-point weeks and how valuable they are in best ball. Well, imagine if you've also got uh, an 18th-round wide receiver, who puts up a wide receiver one week, twice or three times a year, uh, I I feel like that really gives you an advantage in best ball.
0: NBC Sports Philadelphia expects the Eagles to continue to feature two tight end sets in 2018. Philadelphia used 12 personnel on 23% of their offensive plays in 2017. Furthermore, beat writer Ruben Frank believes Dallas Goddard looks like he's ready to make an enormous impact in the red zone. Todd, do you expect Philadelphia's offense to be able to replicate what they did in 2017? And do you think both Ertz and Gutter will be fantasy relevant this season, particularly in T.E. premium leagues?
2: Well, in TD premiums, I could see Goder or Godert or whatever his Goddard, name is. Godert, I have no idea. Yeah, Godert. In- um, you know, uh, the, the, the you know, I think that I like I liked his tape a lot. I think he's a player, um, and I, I I think that eventually he's going to be really good. I think he'll play this year. Uh, History is on the side of the Eagles regressing a little bit. If we look at Atlanta and the year before that, Carolina, and the big years that those teams come out of nowhere and have a huge year, uh, you you, you might want to say they're not going to regress, but history is they tend to regress a little bit. So I think they're not going to be as good as they were last year, but they'll still be very good. Um, uh, uh, Ertz was my number one owned guy in MFLs last year. I don't have much of him this year. I was buying the crap out of Hunter Henry before he got hurt. Yeah. I, I, I just think that, you know, I think Ertz is going to be okay, uh, at ADP. And I think that Godard, you're, you're really hoping for an Ertz injury, for him to really pay off that uh, that draft spot, but uh, you know, once you get past like the fifteenth round and Ben Watson, there really is just a bunch of guys you're guessing at as a third tight end. So he's as good as any other in that range.
1: Yeah, I agree with with pretty much everything you said. I mean, uh, you know, I would still expect Philadelphia to probably be in the top half of the league, but it's just going to be, it's always hard for any team to replicate what a performance like what Philadelphia did last year. So, uh, I don't think we should expect exactly that going forward. Yeah. As far as Goddard (laughs) pretty much on the same page. I mean, it wasn't until really Ertz got hurt that burden really came on, uh, really strong last year. And I guess for the end of the season, they might've had some overlap, but Really, it took an Ertz injury for Burton to really come onto the scene. So I think unless unless Hertz gets hurt again, which is definitely possible, it's a very, you know, injury, uh, high-impact position, injury-prone position, I guess, tight end. Yeah, so we might see some Goddard, but I wouldn't be uh, trying to target him, I don't think, in fantasy drafts, even in tight end
2: premium. I don't think I would. There's a lot of people to feed in that offense. You know, they upgraded from Torrey Smith to Mike Wallace. Uh, you got uh, Alshon, who was playing with a, a, a torn rotator—I think it was rotator cuff. He had some injury to it to his shoulder. He's supposedly going to be healthier. You've got a couple running backs. There's a lot of mouths to feed, and it's a lot to expect any rookie tight end to have a good year. And I know he's getting great reports out of camp, and he could. But you know, if you draft him for this year, you gotta just know that it's ah uh, it's 50% hope and 50% uh, that he's a talented player.
0: And I just want to add on to what Todd mentioned at the top of the Eagle segment regarding regression uh, back in week 13 of last year, before we lost Mets for the season, I wrote him up as a sell in the buy low report and I noted that he was an absolute on an absolute tear over the course of the season. Wentz's passing TD rate of 7.9% slots his 2017 performance in line with several of the best QB seasons in recent memory. And to put that in recent context, his Wentz's TD rate was actually ahead of Matt Ryan's 2016 rate. So, you know, we expected Matt Ryan to regress in 17. He absolutely regressed very hard. Expect the same from Wentz. Uh, out of curiosity Is are there any receivers on this team you're looking at or are there any running backs that you're targeting in particular uh
2: well i like jeffrey i i think you know mid to late fourth early fifth he's got first you know second round potential i, I and i and mike wallace is one of my most owned players uh, just because he's so cheap 15th 16th round So, uh, yeah, I I like a lot of players on this team because I think their ADPs are good. The one guy I don't have is Carson Wentz. And a guy coming off an ACL, you know, there's just so many other good quarterbacks being drafted right around here. I just don't have any Wentz.
1: And I should add one note. I looked it up. It is Goddard. Hassan and I got called out last week for mispronouncing. Jamon Moore in a very polite and helpful way. So going to make sure we thank you. do that again. Yeah, thank yes, you. The, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you, listener. Keeping us on our on our toes, on our game. All right, before we get into no shit shit no, I want to take a moment to remind you you can get a listeners only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all our premium NFL content and it supports the pod. You can also support the pod by subscribing to and rating the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes. Do that and you'll be eligible to win a free $35 entry to a league at the FFPC. Go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then listen to future episodes to hear if you're the winner. Uh, You can also win a free $35 entry to an FFPC best ball league by rating and reviewing the individual feed for this show, the Fantasy Football Report. We have a $35 entry to give away, so get your review in with your name in it, and uh, you could win an entry. Also, if you're interested in being in an FFPC league with some of the Rotoviz writers and podcasters, uh, email us at rotovizradio at gmail.com, and we'll get that set up. Uh, and I know Hassan and Todd and I are all in at least one. I think a couple of us are in more than one. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and
2: we would definitely love to see you in there. I I I was in one last year, and I won it. So come and get it, boys. <laughs>
1: Now let's get into no shit, shit, no. First item up, the Cleveland Plain Dealer reports Jarvis Landry has been Tyrod Taylor's go-to guy in
2: camp. You know, I don't doubt that. But after three days of camp, you know, come on. Uh, I I look at it a lot of this stuff. I, I made a tweet, and it's something I podcast a lot about, that one of the best skills you need to learn to have in fantasy football is a filter of you know, what, what is meaningful news and what is not meaningful news. And, you know, most of these, this guy is look great. The first three days of camp, half the time, there's another beat reporter saying the exact opposite thing. And then a week later, once the games start, the other half pretty much fall out. Um, Unless there's been a steady drumbeat on a guy, I don't pay much attention to the first few days of camp. Uh, but that being said, with Josh Gordon not in camp and Jarvis Landry being a very good wide receiver, it wouldn't shock me that this is actually a no-shit.
0: ESPN's recent Mini reports Isaiah Crowell is expected to be a big factor in the Jets' offense.
2: Well, they brought in, like, I think every free agent running back this year and every free agent wide receiver. Uh, But they they went out and got Crowell right away. He's a talented guy. Uh, The bigger question is, you know, how good is the offense going to be? They over, um, you know, they did better than expected last year. But a lot of that was because of Josh McCown. So if you put Sam Bighead Darnold in, uh, have you seen that guy's head? It's like the size of Alaska. Um, I, I, I just don't know. So uh, I'm going to say that, yeah, no shit, uh, that the, the big guy that they paid money to is going to play a big part in the, uh, the team. Uh, but I wonder how good the team is going to be this year, especially if the reports of Darnold starting are true.
1: The San Jose Mercury News reports that the Jimmy Garoppolo to Marquis Goodwin connection grows stronger by the day.
2: Uh, I'm buying that one. No shit. Uh, You know, they had a really good connection. It wasn't how I have been playing the offseason. And, you know, Godwin's, you know, he's one concussion away from missing a season. I mean, that one hit he took last year was hellacious. Um, And I think that it's not... Unexpected considering that Pierre Garcon didn't play with Garoppolo last year. Uh, But call me in two weeks and tell me if that's still the case. Leonard Fournette believes he is
0: already feeling the benefits of playing 15
2: pounds lighter this season. Uh, Shit, no. Uh, I mean, come on. You know, these are the type of blurbs you get after the first week of camp before it matters. I do think that it's going to help his explosiveness and that it's also a good thing. But, you know, overall, that's just a a really weak piece of news to uh, base a fantasy decision on.
1: Jaguars.com reports D.D. Westbrook has continued to flash in training camp.
2: Uh, no shit. I mean, the guy's a talented receiver. But again, all these training camp reports, you really have to take them with a grain of salt. Uh, We all know that there's like 30 Wide receivers who might have a great season, but overall with the Jaguars, I still worry that they're a team that wants to run the ball and has a great defense. So it's really hard for me to draft these guys especially where they were going early in the offseason. Now you find Westbrook in the 16th, 17th round on a regular basis, along with Kio and Cole. And I think at that point, they're definitely as good as any of the other guys like James Washington that we talked about, guys who can give you that three to four big weeks. Out of
0: curiosity, uh, are you big on Blake Bortles this season in basketball?
2: I have almost no Blake Bortles for the reasons I just mentioned, but I'm nervous that I'm wrong. You know, I, I, I got I, I'm a slightly underweight. I don't have a lot, um, but um, I think it's a it's a solid pick. It's just that with the value at quarterback this year, I tend to have my two before then. The
0: Indianapolis Star reports fifth round running back Jordan Wilkins has been excelling in Colts camp since
2: the pads went on. That's one of the most interesting situations in fantasy. And if you look at the skill set and the two things I really believe in, I believe in that that players have certain things that they do better than other players. And I also believe that teams kind of let you know what they think about players. And I think that they don't love uh, Mac. I think that they see him as a, a supple, supplemental piece, and they drafted Hines and Wilkins. I think Wilkins is the most natural uh, inside running back, you know, to fill that Frank Gore role. I think that it would make a ton of sense if he can play well, and if he is playing well, for him to be this, you know, kind of a, it kind of be like one of those two-third, one-third things on first and second down, and then Hines and uh, Max splitting third down. So uh, I'm gonna I'm buying this one, uh, starting to buy a little Wilkins. But at any time you've got a three running back situation, there's a chance that they all eat each other enough that there's not a ton of value. But I think Wilkins in the 20, 19th, 20th round is a real solid pick right now.
1: The Las Vegas Review-Journal reports Jordy Nelson has been moving like he's 28 in Raiders
2: camp. Well, I, I put Gruden kind of in that Pete Carroll camp. I mean, if you ever listened to Monday Night Football and said to yourself, wow, I'm super impressed, the NFL better watch out if uh, Coach Gruden comes back. I mean, that wasn't my take on it. Uh, I don't doubt that Jordy is uh, a real solid pick at ADP. I think he's a very solid pick at ADP. But again, these early draft blurbs, it's really hard to base much on.
0: So I just want to note something about Jordy Nelson. Uh, Ever since the offseason and his trade, I've been really kind of confused about the narrative where Jordy's washed. uh, I don't know where it sprung up from, because in the 2016 season, like the year removed, he came back from his ACL tear. He led the team is in uh, target share at 25%. The next closest was Devontae Adams at 19. And over the 16 weeks that were fantasy relevant, Nelson posted almost 300 PPR points. He was Rodgers' favorite favorite receiver. It's just the target share completely shifted drastically when Hundley took over. It looked like Hundley truly latched onto Adams. And I've never been particularly Im- impressed by the narrative of Nelson is washed. And then you've got... Stuff like this it just sort of reaffirms that I don't understand why Green Bay let him go. But I'm pretty optimistic uh, for him this season. And I've started taking a bit of him uh, off late. What about you guys?
2: I, uh, I'm about to even weight on him. So, you know, he falls so late. Like when you look up and he's there in the 10th or I've gotten him in the 11th round a couple times. I mean, how much do you need out of the guy? He did look washed last year. I think it was more than just um, Hundley. I mean, even when Rodgers was there, he if you look at his points, it was a lot of touchdowns, and we all know about TD regression. But I, I, again, you know, look, sometimes these guys play through injuries that we don't know about, and, you know, I, I'm definitely willing to give him another shot.
1: I have exactly zero shares of Jordy. <laughs> Bounce backs at his age, I think, are just rather rare. So, yeah, I'm out.
0: Uh, I'll be clear. I'm out on Derek R. as a quarterback, except for in Scott Fishbowl, and I only have Amari Cooper here. Speaking Thursday, Panthers offensive coordinator Norv Turner called it realistic to believe Christian McCaffrey could get 25 to 30 touches per game
2: this season. Ah, uh, shit, no. I think he should get 100 touches per game. I mean, uh, again, the, the you know the things that people say... I mean, look, Christian McCaffrey is not the biggest guy in the world. You would have to think his efficiency would go down significantly with that kind of workload. And you brought C.J. Anderson in, who's an upgrade on Jonathan Stewart. I mean, anything is possible, but I, I don't think that these reports are probable, especially when you consider the other weapons that they brought in and Greg Olson is back. Um, he's not that good between the tackles. I mean, he just wasn't the offensive line's not that great. I think 15 a game is where we're going to end up seeing him, which is great for a second round pick. Um, but, uh, I, if if you're chasing that, that those blurbs, good luck to you.
1: This seems like just kind of a new offensive coordinator coming in and having to, uh, toe the party line, right? Back what his head coach said after Rivera said it would be ideal for him to get that many touches. So North decides to double down.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's as plausible as any other reason.
0: I'm starting to worry that NFL coaches don't know basic math.
1: <laughs> Chiefs coach Andy Reid isn't concerned that Patrick Mahomes has thrown eight interceptions across seven training camp sessions.
2: This was one that uh, it kind of blew up on Twitter. And my comment was, you know, because I'm big on Mahomes this year. And of course, he's going to throw a lot of interceptions. He's a gunslinger. I mean, if you drafted Patrick Mahomes or any of the Chiefs thinking that he wasn't going to throw interceptions, you're, you know, I don't know what you were thinking. Um, but the point is, yeah, he's going to throw picks. And because he throws picks, he's going to have to throw more because they'll be behind. And he's got better weapons and end, and I this does not scare me at all all about Patrick Mahomes. I mean a little. You always worry that he you know he could bust. But I just think he has too much talent, too many weapons around him, and come on. No shit that is gonna throw interceptions.
0: I actually wanted to talk a little bit about your pros versus Joe's draft because I was looking at your Board and i noticed that you took patrick mahomes ahead of kirk cousins matthew stafford jimmy garoppolo Locke, rivers roethlisberger you know the, the list goes on can you explain a little bit about uh, why you
2: took mahomes well above adp here yeah it, it was a it was a calculated risk i mean this is a this is a pr- first i got cam newton around before and i always take three quarterbacks uh sometimes you know in this draft i got four uh But basically, what I'm looking for here is to try and catch lightning in the bottle and win pros versus Joes. I don't I have plenty of Mahomes. I don't normally reach for him like that. Uh, So the reason I did it was because this is, you know, he's one of those guys who can win you a very prestigious event. I build a certain amount of risk into every one of my rosters, and this is the risk—one of the risks I wanted to take in this uh, on this team. And I did it knowing that I was reaching and knowing it was a risk. The
0: Denver Post Ryan O'Halloran writes: Broncos second-round wide receiver Cortland Sutton has made plays in every situation during camp.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, the guy is uh, one of the most talented guys coming out this year. I thought he was raw on his tape, and I'm a little surprised, but uh, I kind of missed the boat on him. He could be the juju of this year. You know, if uh, if uh, one of the two top guys gets hurt, uh, they say he's locked in as the number three right now. And for sure, he has the talent to do it. Uh, I just am a little surprised that he's doing it so quickly.
1: AJ McCarron is working with the first team offense for the second day in a row.
2: Uh, Who cares? Is that a shit? (laughs) You know, I mean, literally, they are going to be just a dumpster fire this year. The offensive line lost every talented player. They've got no receivers except for Benjamin. And is he really a receiver? You know, I mean, yeah, he's big and but he can't get separation and you're going to have quarterbacks who aren't that good throwing to him. I think whoever starts the year is the quarterback. I I bet that all three that here's my bold take. All three of those very bad quarterbacks will each get 50 or more pass attempts this year.
0: I remember last year you were a pretty
2: big Charles Clay supporter. Are you often this season at uh, ADP? Completely often. Um, I almost own none of him. One of the reasons I was on Clay last year is he was going two to three rounds later than he is this year. And Tyrod Taylor and he had a real nice chemistry that they had shown together. And because of that, I was willing to overlook Clay's risk, injury risk. He's a guy who gets injured a lot now on a horrible offense with a quarterback who may or may not have a chemistry with him uh i'm off completely brian brodus of the
0: cowboys website believes blake charvin has been the most impressive tight end at training camp uh,
2: yeah you know and it's kind of like being the most uh accomplished quarterback on the bills now isn't it uh, <laughs> it's uh you know i mean look he could surprise us i've you know he's not a guy i've watched tape on Uh, He certainly, if he starts, is uh, replacing a guy that got a lot of targets. So I think you got to keep him on your radar, but uh, it's kind of hard to, you know, just on that blurb, it's kind of hard to get too excited.
1: Chris Thompson doesn't expect to be fully recovered until November.
2: And then you heard a report right after it that said that he looked amazingly fast in camp. So. I think the bigger concern with chris thompson and joe paino who called chris thompson's big year was buying a ton of them last year is not buying him at adp uh the biggest issue is that he's being drafted really early this year around seventh round adp and his coach has gone on record as not wanting to give him a huge workload so that's uh, as much, if not a bigger concern to me, than whether he's going to be 100% healthy out of the gate.
0: According to Brown Zones Scott Petrak, second-year tight end David Njoku has dropped too many passes
2: early on in training camp. Uh, that's uh, a no-shit. I mean, he's you know one of those freak athletes that everyone gets excited about, but he, he's inconsistent. I mean, that's his M.O., Uh, It was his M.O. last year. It'll be his M.O. this year. And, you know, eventually he's either going to harness his abilities and be a top five uh, tight end in this league, or he's going to be a guy like Eric Ebron the last couple of years who was drafted high and just, you know, really never put it together. Um, And I know there's a lot of people who would disagree and say that he has put it together. uh, But even though he put pretty good stats up at times in Detroit, he was super inconsistent. He was in the doghouse with the coaches a lot. And I, I think Injoko reminds me a lot of Ebron. The, the key difference is he hasn't uh, had the time that Ebron's had yet. So it takes tight ends a couple years to get going. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that he's dropping passes. But hey, you know, if you want to bet on talent, the kid's got all of it. The Herald
1: Bulletin's George Bremer reports Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton are definitely in sync in the early days at Colts camp.
2: No shit. <laughs> you know, he's the best wide receiver. They, they've got great chemistry, great history. Uh, Luck was off a year. The other guy that he had chemistry with, uh, Moncrief, is gone. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's a no-brainer. Out of curiosity, uh, the uh, tight ends. Are you on Doyle or Ebron h- here? I've got a lot of Ebron, um, and, and it's funny because I just killed him. But luck throws to, luck throws to. Uh, you know, I think Doyle's going as if Ebron wasn't there. Like, if Ebron wasn't there, would you really draft? You know, how many players like Doyle's going right after Rudolph and Delaney Walker? Would you, if, if Ebron wasn't there, would you put him ahead of those two guys? I don't think you would. So uh, I don't have a lot of Doyle except in Dynasty uh, where I got him super cheap. And uh, Ebron, because of Doyle, is going in the 13th, 14th round. I mean, you can find him in. Let's see. Hold on. Let me get uh, my shares of him up. So thanks to Mike Beer's great uh, Best Ball Command Center, I've got 16% of Ebron at average ADP of 150. So that's uh 13th round. I mean, that's that's just he's got so much talent and a quarterback who, you know, loves throwing to the tight ends. I think I think he's he's a great value even with inconsistency that late.
0: Per ESPN Bills reporter Mike Rodak, first rounder Josh Allen has made some of the best throws off camp and also some of the worst.
2: I mean, this is the biggest no shit of maybe the history of this show. Um, You know, you know, Josh. You know, what was the whole conversation about Josh Allen? Great arm, terrible inconsistency. Um, So you know, they basically just described Josh Allen. And uh, I think when they, uh, when, when they post inconsistent in the NFL dictionary, there will be a picture of Josh Allen next to it.
1: Speaking Tuesday, Seahawks coach Pete Carroll praised C.J. Procise's conditioning.
2: Uh, rule number one of filtering out garbage in fantasy football is not to take a word that Pete Carroll says seriously. The man is the biggest bullshit artist and I normally wouldn't say that, but since the whole segment is called shit no shit, the shit coming out right now is whatever Pete Carroll's saying. And you really have to watch the games with the Seahawks to really understand what they're they're really interested in because, you know, he'll blow smoke up every anus. I think we got the name for the show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Speaking Tuesday, Cowboys coach Jason Garrett emphasized that Cole Beasley will play more snaps on the outside this season.
2: Do you guys have a sound effect for snoring? <laughs> I, I mean, I know Cole, Beas- I mean, Cole Beasley looked terrible last year. The whole point of a Cole Beasley type is that they're, they're quick twitch, and that is less effective on the outside. And it, I think it points more to just how bad the receiving core is than it does says much about Cole Beasley at this point. And uh, the guy that I'm most interested on that team is Michael Gallup.
1: Considering how fond Pete Carroll is of blowing smoke, what do you make of this report that Doug Baldwin came into camp a little bit off?
2: Um, That means that there's a nuclear bomb that went off in his knee. That's, uh, I I, I think I speak enough Pete Carroll to, to know when he, see, Pete, is always positive. That's my nickname for him, PD Positive. Uh, so when he says something negative, that must mean it's a lot worse than what we think it is, uh, because if not, Pete would be PD Positive. So a little often, Carol speak is something that I am concerned about.
1: Does it have you off Baldwin at his ADP?
2: Yes, I think you know. I think he. Well, I, I his ADP is going to drop. You know, if if I can get him in the third round, yeah, I'll, I'll take some. Uh, but where he was, like the second, third, fourth pick of the second round, no, I'm not buying there.
0: 49ers.com reports Jack McKinnon's chemistry with Jimmy Garoppolo has been on point in training camp. OK, <laughs>
2: um, you know, a, a running back and a quarterback, you know, it, 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 it doesn't. Does that seem a little strange, like a strange blurb to you guys?
1: I mean, Carlos Hyde had what eighty something targets in this offense. Yeah, but, but most of them were
2: checkdowns from bad quarterbacks. Right. Once Garoppolo came, Hyde didn't get those as much. Garoppolo uh, threw to uh, Kyle check a lot, though. Gar- Garoppolo looks to throw downfield with Garcon and Goodwin if they're both healthy. He's going to be—that's what he's going to be looking to do. So I expect McKinnon to get plenty of receptions. And I think a lot of them are going to be on plays where they call McKinnon's number for a screen. But my point is, what? How, how can you be off point with a guy you're throwing the ball to about three feet? <laughs> it's a screen pass. <laughs> how on point do you have to be to throw a screen pass? If he uh-huh. was off, you know, so, you know, look, McKinnon is... He's he's one of those guys who is really being drafted near the top of his range of outcomes at, but at the same time, it's very reasonable that that's where he's being drafted. I think that again, Kyle Shanahan has a little bit of Pete Carroll in him. Remember this time last year, right before camp, Joe Williams was, you know, going to take Carlos Hyde's job and he didn't even make the team. So um, I think Matt Breida is a really good option in the, you know, he's starting to move up now. But uh, Matt Breida is a, uh, I think, is going to play more than people think.
1: ESPN's Nick Wagner reports third-round wide receiver Dante Pettis has turned in a mixed performance through the early days of training camp.
2: See, this is one of those situations where uh, you, you get dueling blurbs because everything I've read is that Dante Pettis is like came down from the mountain with the tablets and you know a new religion is starting around him. He's playing so well. So I don't know what to make of this blurb, but in general, Pettis has been getting that steady drum beat that I talked about right from uh, Shanahan at the draft, them trading up for him, and and mostly good blurbs uh, up until this point. So uh, I just think he's a tough guy to project for best ball because, you know, they've got two wide receivers. They've got a tight end. They've got McKinnon. You know, it's really hard to project a gadget guy.
1: Also, Pettis was picked in the second round, so the blurb is already wrong.
0: ESPN's Jamison Hensley writes, Michael Crabtree has been a popular target during red zone drills so far in camp.
2: Yeah, no shit. <laughs> next. I mean, he's the guy's one of the best uh, red zone scorers over the last you know number of years. So that, that, that's what they call confirmation uh, bias, not bias, but it's confirmation of what we already know. Yeah, next.
1: Raiders coach John Gruden says Amari Cooper bulked up to 225 pounds this
2: offseason. That worries me a little bit. I mean, I've been on Cooper as a guy who could really... I, I really believe in my heart that Gruden wants to make Amari Cooper a thing, that he believes he's the most talented guy and that he should be a top 12 to 15 wide receiver. And the kid's got the talent, but a wide receiver bulking up? That's a little scary to me uh, because of the need for speed. So I don't like that blurb too much.
0: I think a lot of this weight that they put on in the off offseason, uh, assuming they're spending time in the weight room, clearly, uh, will probably burn off once we get into uh, go through conditioning camps and stuff. I don't think he's going to play the season at 225. I uh, probably expect him to slim down to maybe 210 by the time the season starts. Then maybe that's a little aggressive, but... Uh, I don't know. He's an NFL athlete whose body functions uh, in a way that most normal people can't even imagine. And he's ostensibly, like you said, probably a top 15 wide receiver in the NFL. So I'm going to keep my eye on this, I guess.
2: What about you guys? Here's my theory. You know, he had an off year. I think it got into his head a little bit. And so he decided to bulk up. And that's what worries me. It doesn't worry me as much that he bulked up as that I wonder if his bad year got to him, and his answer was to bulk up, and we've seen this in the past, no, uh, with guys like David Boston, even though that was steroids. You know, it's it's uh, it's just a little concerning to me that he felt the need to do that. His response to his offseason and the drops and the inconsistency was to get bigger. So that 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 that's that's my main concern. Does that make sense? Yeah. Justice coach Dodd Bowles says Sam Darnold is currently the number three quarterback. Yeah, that is a no shit from the perspective of NFL coach speak. Your, your, your first round draft choice is always oh, third on the depth chart. He has to earn his way. you know, it's like cliche city. Uh, but we all know that there's a very good chance he's going to be under center week one, even though with his inconsistency in college, I wouldn't start him for at least the first six to eight games.
1: Playing the entire second half, Lamar Jackson completed four of 10 passes for 33 yards, one touchdown and an interception in the Hall of Fame game, adding eight rushes for 25 additional yards.
2: I I mean, I watched some of the kid. I mean, the kid has just almost like Michael Vick-like electricity in his legs. So what we're concerned about is how good of a quarterback he's going to be and he didn't look that great, but it's the first preseason game. So we, we need to see more. I think the more interesting thing was that they played him behind RG3. So it, it makes me a little more hesitant to draft him. But boy, I was not buying Hunter Hurst, but uh, Hunter Hurst, whatever, Hayden Hurst. I, 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 one day I'm going to call the, the I'm going to, you know, Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst are going to have a child, and it's going to be Hunter Hurst-Helmsley. But, uh, you know, I think Hurst really looked good. I mean, he looked like the real deal. Hi, Rotoviz fans.
0: Allow me a brief second to tell you about our good friends over at the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. The 2018 draft season is in full swing, and the FFPC has a format to suit every diehard's interests and budget. Whether it's best ball, superflex, or classic managed leagues, there are drafts filling daily starting at just $35. Jump into a slow or a live draft today. Now, are you ready for your greatest challenge? Then check out the FFPC main event. In its 11th season, the main event is the world's biggest event in season-long fantasy football. Come to Las Vegas for a three-day weekend of live drafts and festivities at Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino or draft online from the comfort of your home. Pay for the $250,000 grand prize over $2.2 million in total prizes and fantasy immortality. Don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com and register now. Take the information Dodd has been dropping over here. He is in Pro's versus Joe's, which is an FFPC-sponsored uh, event, and he is has actually crushed it over on there. So take this edge and put
2: it to good use. Yeah. The one thing I will say that there, though, that the uh, the season long format is 20 rounds instead of 28. So uh, take some of what I said with a grain of salt, because it might not apply. I'm doing a couple of the football guys championships drafts. Uh, (laughs) I just don't have the guts to put up seventeen hundred and fifty dollars for a fantasy football team. Um, maybe if I win my pros versus Joe, well, definitely if I win my pros versus Joe's, I get an entry next year. So that would be nice. And if I did well, I would reinvest. But I mean, that's a lot of money. I I give real props to these high stake guys. Definitely, definitely.
1: All right. Moving on to item number three, the Miami Herald reports Mike Kosicki's pass protection has been a concern in training camp. Uh, So Todd, given how enthusiastic most player news at this time of the year is, negative camp reports like this are kind of never a good sign. So should drafters be worried about Gasicki's struggles with pass protection? And uh, what are you expecting from him and the rest of Miami's passing game?
2: I'm off of Miami for the most part. I got some stills. You know, I had some Albert Wilson. I let someone talk me into Albert Wilson. Some smart people uh, kicking myself because, you know... I don't mind if I like a guy and he fails, but when I I let someone else talk me into a guy that I had good reason not to draft, um, Wilson could still be fine. Uh, I just think that the team's going to be bad. They're another team that just the offensive line isn't very good. And, you know, we were talking off air about, you know, how many targets Eric Decker had last year and it was almost worthless for fantasy so yeah opportunity is a huge part of fantasy football but um, I think one of the easiest ways to go broke in fantasy football is to draft a lot of players on bad teams
0: the Patriots signed Eric Decker formerly of the Titans to a one-year contract Dodd, this news comes on the heels of Jordan Matthews being placed in IR. Do you expect Decker to have an impact in 2018? And how do you see the targets shaking out New England? You know, he's had
2: a lot of injuries, and he did not look good last year. That being said, if there's one place where it's easy to, uh, you know, get your career back going, it's New England. Uh, I would say he's probably the favorite to be the slot guy for the first couple weeks. But once Julian Edelman comes back, what's his role going to be? So for fantasy, you know, you know, like I like Jordan Matthews because I felt like if Jordan Matthews got that role for four weeks, he would still play after. I'm just not so sure with Decker. And the other thought that I have here is just how interesting it is that they didn't get Des Bryant. They got Eric Decker. Um, Bill Belichick takes a chance on every uh, all these old t- you know th- like Des is just ripe for Bill Belichick to take a chance with and the fact that he didn't that I, th- I think that's the most interesting thing about the the Decker signing
1: yeah you mentioned it in the last uh, for the last news item just how kind of forgettable how useless Decker's targets were uh, with Tennessee last year and so yeah it's really interesting to think that somehow the Patriots think Decker has more to offer than Dez does at this point, or at least fits with what they want to do better. Maybe it it could be about, you know, Fit. I don't know exactly.
2: No, Fitz is in Arizona.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's it's kind of a weird signing, but the Patriots do a lot of these weird kind of things, and they're a team that uh, for a long time, you know, a lot of people in the fantasy industry have kind of, um, you know, kind of approached with sort of a sense of, uh, you know, they're kind of geniuses and they're doing things that nobody else is thinking of and they're like ahead of the curve, but I don't know.
2: I, I just see it as they needed someone, right? Edelman's out four games. They needed someone. Decker can play that role. And, I, you know, I, I think sometimes, you, you know, the one thing about Bill Belichick is he is, he is, his his moves, if you think about them, They make sense. Like Jeremy Hill. Like I read a blurb today that Hill's ahead of Gillisley, And I was drafting a lot of Hill before. And I might start drafting some Hill again because, uh, you know, I don't think they want Rex Burkhead. I think Rex Burkhead can be a good goal line back, but I think they would rather not use Burkhead in that role. I think that the reason Gillis Lee got benched last year was because he wasn't converting those short yardage uh, plays. And so there wasn't a, a place at the infirm de- uh, game day. If Hill, I'm really going to be watching Hill over the first week or two. If he's playing well and converting these touchdowns, um, I mean, uh, he's you can get him in the last round of every best ball draft right now. Uh, in MFLs and pretty darn late in FFPCs as well. Uh, If he gets that goal line role, he's going to be valuable at that spot.
1: I love that take, actually. I got Hill in, I think, the second to last round of the Scott Fish Bowl. And, uh, you know, we always say in New England, you just want to have the running back, who's the cheapest. And I think that's probably Hill. I mean, Lee might be cheaper, but he's probably going to be cut. So yeah, I definitely agree. If Hill can get some of that work, I mean, I don't want to say 2016 LeGarrette Blunt. That's probably too too lofty an expectation, but uh, I think he could definitely surprise people.
2: I think what we need to do in preseason is when they get a third and one, do they leave Burkhead out there to take it? with When Brady's in, right? When Brady's in, are they bringing Hill in for those? And if when if they do, does he convert them If that's the case, then I think you can really see where uh where you know where you know I think Belichick likes having that goal line short yardage specialist, and uh yeah I think it's I think that's what we need to look for in preseason.
0: I'm completely kind of off Decker. He had. I think 83 targets last year. And I don't remember like, any of them uh, looking at his line. And it was 54 catches for 564 yards and a score. Part of it's exotic smash mouth. Part of it is, as you mentioned, Todd, he might've never recovered. So my question is Kenny Britt or Philip Borsett or Braxton Barrios. What are you guys doing here?
1: Or Riley McCarron.
2: <laughs> Malcolm Mitchell. I'm a Malcolm Mitchell uh, truther. So uh, am I, <laughs> but it's not looking good. No, it's not. Um, I, I I still that that one is a harder one to predict. Um, it really is. I, I, the, the guy who might be the you know it's like Michael, Cor- you know, uh, our true enemy has not shown himself yet. I think the answer to that question might not be on the roster right now.
1: That'll do it for this edition of the fantasy football report. Special thanks to our guest, Todd Burroughs. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Todd from PA. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes and also rate and review our individual feed. For Hassan Rahim, I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Report. Please rate and review the Road of His Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at roadofhisradio@gmail.com at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to RotoViz at a 30% discount through the RotoViz Podcast homepage, rotovis.com slash podcast.